Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Today on the PR Moment Podcast, we're talking about values. We're going to have a part history lesson, part comms theory, and part a bit of future gazing. And to help us talk us through us this kaleidoscope, we've got Rebecca Grant, who's UK CEO and Global Chief Brand Officer at BCW on the show. Um, and she, as I said, is going to be talking to us about the, the importance of values in successful communication campaigns. The hope is in about 30 minutes time, um, you'll know the basics of Schwartz's values theory, why it matters to communications, and we'll give you an insight into the research BCW has done to take Schwartz's theory and apply it to communications best practice. So it's a serious show, and to match such a serious topic, I should mention that the very serious ESG awards Entry deadline is in September, so you've got over the summer to uh, start pondering your entries. Um, do take a look at all the categories on the ESG Awards website. As ever, thank you so much to our PR podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you. I think it's your second time on, isn't it? But um, yes, you're going to. I think you're going to have to concentrate more today than perhaps you did last time because you're um, you're giving us a, a whistle stop tour through a, a bit of values theory. Um, go on, let's, let's start at the, the sort of first base, if you like. Can you just talk us through Schwartz's work on values and broadly what that was all about? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> so it is genuinely a fascinating topic, and I think it's because. If I talk about human values, I think everybody instinctively has a reaction of a kind of a gut feel of, um, you know, understanding what that is, understanding that what values are. And we hear about values a lot, don't we? Whether it's politicians talking or, um, you know, us debating um, and, uh, you know, having points of view on certain topics. Um, so we see values showing up everywhere. And what we've done is used um, the theory of values, and it is hugely uh, complex, and there are much smarter than people than me who've been involved um, in, in delivering this work, um, in terms of how we apply our, our values to comms and whether that means that we can engage more effectively. So that's the kind of premise we started with. But if I come back to what are values, um, they're simply the kind of motivational basis for what we think feel and do that's probably the easiest way to describe them um so they're they're pretty they are foundational um they shape how we engage with the world how we form our you know our opinions um and because of that they are more constant than our attitudes our emotions our knowledge our opinions um so for us that was really powerful this idea that something is formed in adolescence which values are and then basically they shape your um view of the the world and they remain constant um so so we were just thinking my goodness if you've got this world that we know is going ever faster ever more complex ever more volatile and how and, and you know our clients are asking us how to navigate that world um looking at a persistent truth or a constant like values um, is a really interesting way of focusing your comms. Um, so if we can speak to people's values, we know that's a constant and that is going to 
more uh, engage them more effectively and, and that's so, our work proved right and, and so you once you have a value which you develop i don't know through adolescence so somewhere between 13 and 17 or something like that yeah. you're, you're highly unlikely to change is, i mean is, is that yeah, so that's the so basically you your values might shift gently or evolve based on life experience world events like for example the pandemic i'm sure that's had uh, you know um we'll, we'll see that having an, a you know a shifting of people's values but on the on the whole once your value set is formed in adolescence yes it's stable and it remains a constant wow. um, which is interesting isn't it and you can see that coming and you know we talk about generations don't you gen z and you know what gen alpha is going to look like etc so um you know we you can see values you know showing up differently um, right. well, see, I, I think I, I i think i've evolved a bit but the, i suppose i should have done the test at when i was when i was younger to know that's <laughs> um, i don't we, we can we can fast forward you can do it in in 10 years but I, i'm sorry i forgot you asked me about who professor shorts was so I yeah well i was gonna i was gonna well, yeah let's, sorry let's just well i'll come back to that again but just on the last bit on those values yeah. they're not we should just before they're not we, we can have different values right i mean we, we would have a yeah. set of values we don't have a mutually exclusive value that that um overrides everything else it's a, it's a bit it's a bit more varied and a bit more blended than than just having one value exactly so you will have different values of course showing up but um so 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 and this probably leads me nicely on to talk about who professor schwartz was so his work in values is is foundational um and lots of experts and academics use his um theory as the as as a starting point so what he did was look at the world and basically define basic human values of which there are 11 so that's what he um, defined and he brilliantly put them on a wheel so that when you can see that values sitting next to each other um, there's you're likely to have um, uh, synergies with versus values on the opposite side of the wheel you're going to be least likely um, to to resonate with you so um, it, your values are kind of you know, it help explain past behaviors. They're good predictors of future behaviors. Um, so you can you can probably see yourselves if you're showing up highly on one value, the other side of the wheel is probably something that's going to relate least to you. Um, right. And I should say, if anybody's interested in finding out their values, because we're going to talk obviously lots about values. Um, if you go on bcwmoveitree.com, there is a questionnaire, and you can you can find out what your own values are. We shall include a link to that, needless to say, in the show notes. So come on then, um, Rebecca, it is test time. Can you can you name me, I don't know whether we describe it as 10 or 11 or 10 and a half <laughs> of Schwartz's values. Um, self-direction is one. Just talk us through, through what that is all about. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the, the, his, his values are pretty self-explanatory, but self-direction then is it, it motivates us to promote independent thought and action. Okay. Um, so it, it's emphasizing freedom, exploration, creativity. Um, and I know this is one of yours, Ben. So it, it, yes, I, does that does that feel, does that feel, that that feel, does that feel that right? Uh, emphasizing freedom, exploration, creativity, and promoting independent thought and action. I think that's definitely me. I'm not sure I would, necessarily put myself down as the most creative person but i suppose depends on your your type of creativity but otherwise i think i'm all right with that yeah 
Uh, go on, the next one, because there's 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 um there's a few of them, yeah. yeah go, so go, keep, keep keep going. It's interesting. Just yeah, give us a, a okay. little sort of paragraph okay. on each if you like. It's quite nice. Okay, so um let's start with S's then as we've done self-direction. So the other S is stimulation, and that's about uh motivating us to promote the pursuit of excitement and challenge in life. So that's all about novelty, variety, and adventure. So there's that one. Okay. Hedonism. Is I was, I, it won't surprise, surprise listeners to know I was quite low on hedonism. But, um, <laughs> yeah, go on. So hedonism is about promoting personal pleasure and enjoyment, emphasising self-indulgence, um, etc. Um, achievement. Um, I thought I'd be higher in achievement than I am. Achievement motivates us to promote personal success according to social standards, um, emphasises ambition and demonstration of competence. Um, so that's that's interesting. People with a strong sense of you know of, of achievement as a motivation. Right. Um, I'm working backwards. Uh, so now the next one is power. Um, so power is the motivation to promote social status and control over people and resources. Emphasizes social power, wealth, and authority. Right. That's uh, politicians probably they must have a lot. They must do big on power, mustn't they? They love a bit of that. Uh, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't possibly uh, comment. Uh, and then uh, security. So security motivates us to promote personal and societal safety and stability. Um, so that one is about emphasising safety, harmony, stability. Um, so that there we go. That might resonate with listeners. Um, then tradition, uh, which is um, next to uh, conformity and, and, and security. Um, so tradition is about motivating us to promote um, commitment and acceptance of customs and ideas that culture and religion provides. That, that, um, was, my, that was my lowest score. That was, was, I was yeah. on 2.13% on that, which isn't very okay. good, is it? But um, um, well, actually, I mean, this is a really good point. There are no good or bad values, I should say that. So people will be reading these uh, or listening to these and having a kind of gut feel. Hopefully that gut feel is based on their own character, but there is no, there are no bad values. I, I think my mother w- wishes I was a little bit more traditional, Rebecca. To be honest. <laughs> Maybe it makes parenting easier. Yeah, we didn't account, <laughs> we didn't account for that. Um, so then conformity, um, conformity is an interesting one. So that motivates us to promote restraint and compliance with social expectations to avoid upsetting others. It emphasises adherence to rules, laws and obligations. Um, so, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And then um, the final quadrant of Schwartz's values, um, he's got three uh, universal, sorry, universalism societal. And that's about promoting understanding, appreciation, tolerance and protection of all people in society. Um, So it emphasises equality, justice and protection for all. Similarly, universalism, but nature, same kind of idea, but this time it's about the environment. So it's about promoting preservation of the natural environment, emphasising the protection of nature and animals. So you can see universalism being split there between whether you're more focused on society or whether you're more focused on the environment but they all fall within universalism and then the final one is benevolence and that motivates us to promote the welfare of people we are in frequent contact with and that comes up very highly um and you can probably you can probably see that when there's lots of universal messages um and you want 
you know, maximum number of people to comply, that's, you know, that's a good one to speak to. Right. Um, so, I don't know, going back to the pandemic again, you know, the messages around protecting others, um, you know, with the protect the NHS, protect others, you know, that is the motivational driver it's speaking to is that, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, benevolence and, uh, and, yeah, and welfare of society. It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? And I'm always listen. I mean, this Schwartz's work has been. It is. Um, it's widely accepted, right? Isn't it? As as, as you yes. say, but a, a foundation um, yeah. piece of research into the the idea of values and the i the concept that between I don't know, what, three four years of our lives um, in yeah. that, during adolescence, these things are in the main set for the rest of our lives is just. It, it, it's fascinating and bonkers when you think about it, isn't it? But yeah, um, it does appear to be correct. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, yes, I promise you, we've not made this up. This is no, you're a very serious academics uh, who <laughs> who've dedicated their life to this. And I think you know, so that that's I suppose that's not new. The new bit that we were interested in is how do you apply that to comms and how exactly. do you apply that, that to that was comms. the question I was yeah. about to ask you, Rebecca. But go on, yes. Exactly. <laughs> how, how have you taken that and and um, um, added a sort of layer of, of, of well, it used that to to understand what you do and how to communicate with, I guess, audiences the world over more effectively. Yeah, so we did our own research. So, but so Schwartz recommended to experts for us to work with. So, um, uh, Julie Lee, who's the founder of um, the Centre for Human and Cultural Values in, at the University of Western Australia, and Hester Van Herk, who's a cross-cultural marketing expert um, from the University of Amsterdam. Um, so we worked with with them, and we also commissioned our own research. So we surveyed thirty six thousand people across thirty countries. Like it's it's extensive. I think we got about thirty million plus data points um, on values, and we then looked at being able to segment the world based on those values, and those were the seven archetypes that we discovered. Um, and I, I have to say, um, it's our, our team have been just brilliant on on doing that work. So it was led by our chief strategy officer, Lisa Story, and um, uh, our behavioural scientist, Stephen Johnson, and um, and and Ellie Wilcox um, in our um, our corporate um, uh, specialist. So. Um, um, and many others um, within our team um, who were able to, and it was on, honestly like you look at these seven archetypes um, that that they created, and it's um, it looks really simple, and it was genuinely about nine months worth of work to look at all those data points and then do it in a way that the um, the academics felt was rigorous and proper and you know uh, incredible. And just when you say archetypes, just tell us yeah. what that what that means within this context so you've got, yeah, so you've it's, got 10 it's, values and then you've got seven archetypes how does the 10 become yeah. seven if you like yeah so they are they are all we're looking at those values and then um how they are clustered together and we can then create segments so those are the seven um, that are based on a combination of the most common values coming through in certain patterns so, that's so as, as different people so so there are exactly. broadly yeah. and i'm sure there are exceptions broadly there are seven different archetypes where, and, and and as people we will fit into one of those seven 
Yeah, types. that's exactly it. Um, based on the combination of core values that that you'll have. Right. Um, so um, it 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 was about putting putting those together in ways that can then be applied. And I think you know most people listening will be really familiar with um, you know this the kind of demographic and segmentations that we usually use whether that's to buy media or to um you know to communicate with um target audiences you know we will we were, we're very familiar with going you know our target audience and we give it a name and we know their kind of um socioeconomic grouping we know their age we know geography you know the, these are the kind of basis for you know that we usually target with what we're able to do now is add their values as a way of additional profiling and targeting um and you can just see that that's rather than going i'm going to talk to gen z and that means they're this age group and they're in this geography we can now go well actually these are the four dominant values coming up or the four archetypes that we can see um showing up even just within gen z so we know for example within gen z there are four dominant archetypes and that just allows us to tailor our messaging accordingly it makes it much more nuanced much more hopeful and, and effective that's what our research has shown so so that's interesting so if you if i wanted to um target a specific demographic you've used the example of, of gen z um there are dominant archetypes within that within that group if you like is yeah. what is what they were saying and and it, and the same is true for all different demographics and age groups and, and whatever else everything else what about geography i mean is that is that yeah. relevant are there different if i want to say right i want to target british people do we have different um archetypes and i don't expect you to know that but in, in, in the theory is that if do, do the brits have different archetypes in the main to americans exactly you okay. so we've looked at what the core values are the dominant values that were coming out by geographies you can go in and see per country where those right. are stacking up and then we also looked at yeah where the archetypes live where they're most dominant um so we can do that by geography too um and by and, age and what about income or can do different people with different incomes have have different, and again i don't expect you to, mm. to know the insights of this don't don't worry about it but is that is income uh, and wealth um are there groupings around specific archetypes uh, for those sorts of things so we we've, we've got that information too yes yeah. so we understand exactly those traditional kind of demarcations of um of people but yeah we've got this additional layer now of the values on top of it but yes yeah um so you can cut it just so many different ways the data and i think we're only just starting the possibilities of what we can do with this really um it's incredibly exciting and is it um and you're going to use it in essence around it has huge implications for campaign planning does it and message planning is that is that exactly. in essence as simple as that is yeah it, absolutely so understanding if these are the motivational drivers of behavior if we can incorporate an understanding of values into how we're targeting people but then also communicating with them that's that is then the exciting new territory and um it's going to make what we do much more effective right and go on there was a nice example wasn't there mm. there's a, a electric vehicle case study which um just pricked my ears up a little bit that you were chatting about yeah. um 
So this, yeah, this one's interesting, I think, because it's all, we talked a lot about the theory um, and, and that's interesting. But I think once you start applying it to the real world, it kind of pings and makes makes sense. So I think that's why this electric vehicles example is, is so interesting. Um, so we looked at people who bought electric vehicles and you might think if you are, uh, if you can remember the earlier part of the conversation and us talking about, um, you know, universalism and concern for the environment, you might think, God, well, that's going to be a value that shows up really highly in people who are buying electric vehicles. They must, you know, rate, a you know, be motivated by a concern for the environment. Um, but actually, interestingly, the dominant values that we were seeing were hedonism. So that's the one about personal pleasure, enjoyment, great experiences, for example, and power or the desire for status um, and then achievement as well. Um, so it was about, you know, um, promoting personal success according to social standards. So what you're seeing there with hedonism, stimulation, power and achievement, which were the top values coming through, is that people are buying electric vehicles because of, you know, their early adopters. You know, they are interested in um, great experiences, um, the excitement of having the latest technology. This is something new, what it says about them having these, you know. So so this was, these were really interesting values showing showing up. Yeah, um, what it wasn't. And was the environment wasn't, yeah, a motivating factor. So actually, if you're thinking about comms, um, although it's, you know, it's still part of the story, don't get me wrong, it's still important to talk about, you know, sustainability and the environment. But if you actually want to drive purchase behaviour, um, looking at the, you know, the, the vehicle as um, an example of exciting technology was going to be a better route to go down. Right. Um... And to be fair, when you, when I think about it now, as you're talking about that, the the marketing for electric vehicles, um, they are in the main. Most of the marketing is around status and uh, and innovation, isn't it? Actually, um, so so in that sense, um, that kind of makes sense, I guess. It makes sense when you think about it, but I can think it can feel a bit counterintuitive initially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's about using the data and interpreting it and and bringing you know greater depths of understanding and that's ultimately what we're all trying to do for our for our clients uh rebecca just talk us through ignore me for now just talk us through how the, the different types of archetypes we've got um through your research what how, how you've taken those those 10 values and and moved them into um, the different archetypes so we we took the the 10 basic values um we did our own research so that was the 36,000 people across 30 markets and that gave us this wealth of data points so we had about 32 million data points from that we then were able to put um to, to segment our audiences and define these seven archetypes where you were seeing a blend of values come together in a certain pattern that defined the archetype um, and so we had seven of those. So rather than just looking at the values in isolation, we were looking at the patterns of those values and that created the segmentation. Um, and that for us was um, a better way of being able to then target audiences because yeah. we could use those, those combination of values and see uh, which were coming to the fore. Yeah. What are those archetypes then? Just talk us through those. Yeah, of course. So we, so there are seven, um, and um, 
they are we, we we've given them names that hopefully describe uh the the, the uh are self-explanatory in describing who who they are um so the first one is the success success seeker uh yeah. desire you know driven by desire for power achievement um and social status so they're about pursuing pleasure as well as fun and indulgent experiences um at the other end of the scale we've got the conformist so conformist prioritizes more conservative values wants to fit in follows the rule avoids confrontation in order to succeed um and then in the middle you've got the adventurer the visionary the protector the good neighbor and the traditionalist and they probably all give you an inkling of the kind of combination of values that sit within each of those right um well we'll um again we'll share those on the on the show notes for mm. people to read of those um and go on just briefly what what was i and what are you well what am i and what are you um so, so your core values right. the values that were dominant for you were um benevolence right universalism societal and self-direction so we talked about self-direction previously when we were saying that was the freedom, um, independent thought, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so should I just just remind everyone, benevolence, that was about um, your motivation is to promote the welfare of people that you're in frequent contact with. So right. it, it emphasizes caring and dependability. I think, I think then, that might be being a bit kind, but yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and then universalism societal, right. um, that's the one about promoting understanding and tolerance and protection of all people in society. So that's the one about, you know, equality, justice, protection for all. So it's very um, community people focused so that was coming to the fore there right. i think you can be proud of that well, not that there are I, bad values obviously but that's, I, that's um, I, I always feel yes i, I think i might have read, the, might have read the test i don't know <laughs> um um what about you what where were you um what, what, so, what are your so dominant uh, values so we had two in common um right. so the ones in common are benevolence and universalism societal right. so i think that both means are we decent people we're good people we care for others we are, um, you know, very, very society minded. Yeah, we're modest as well, aren't we? Um... Exactly. I mean, <laughs> should we just keep the compliments going? I'll just interpret it in a way that is, you know, obviously very, very good for us both. No, um, but I there's no have... bad values, right? That's that's what they tell me. But Yeah, that um... key, key message from today, key message from today, no bad values. Um, you, um, where we differ is you had self-direction, which is about freedom of thought. I had conformity, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and um, that one is about, um, it, it, it's about um, adherence to obligations, you know, rules. I suppose that tallies with me being in a larger organisation, taking responsibilities, um, et cetera. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do, yeah, yeah. Tell it, tell it with me being I a small organisation. I'll try and interpret it positively. What's that, sorry? Well, it tallies with me being in a small organisation with absolutely no responsibilities. <laughs> but um, no, it's good, to, it's good to think about it. Um, Rebecca, that's really interesting. Um, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show. It was good to chat. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.